It's good to hear you sing today and, and the worship of the Lord. Thank you, team, that led us so, uh, so well in worship today. So we miss uh, Pastor Stephen and Katie, and we're happy to just really rejoice in, in their joy and a beautiful story that the Lord put them together here at Evangel. And we just kind of made history yesterday. We got a new pastor's wife. Got a new pastor's wife. So we'll be just uh, happy for them, and, and they're, they're just a blessing to us. A lot of people come up to me and they say, wow, the wedding it was beautiful. The wedding was meaningful. And, and I, I usually say, well, you know, the people make the wedding. It's like, it's like a funeral. It's the people make the wedding. And uh, it's, it's not a good story unless they're living a good story. No, it's not like a funeral like that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mrs. Lanham was over there going, that's not right. It was like... Funeral. For a pastor, if the funeral is a meaningful funeral, it's because of the person, the way they live their life. And if a wedding's a meaningful wedding, it's because of the testimony of the young people that were married. And thanks for being here and just a beautiful, happy day for us. Every day isn't a happy day. Some days are very, very hard. Some days are horrifyingly difficult. I remember a day in September is a beautiful day. If you're young, you don't remember this. If you're a little bit older, you do. It was a beautiful, beautiful day in September. It was a, one of those perfect mornings in Michigan. And we lived up in northern Michigan and on that particular September day. In 2001, it was on the 11th. And, and we had our normal staff meeting. It was a Tuesday morning. And so I'm in, a, in our staff meeting and with the other pastors. And, and the phone call comes in, which is unusual because the secretary knows not to put phone calls through during the staff meeting. But she said, well, it's your wife. And I said, okay, well, she wouldn't call wasn't really important, and I and Lois said, you need to be, you, you need to know that a, an airplane just flew into one of the Twin Towers in, in New York, and the picture that I had in my mind was a little Piper Cub, you know, and it, somebody was off course, and it was sad, but it wasn't a horrifying tragedy, and then she said, no, I don't think you understand, it, it's, it's horrible, what's going on is horrible, you, you should probably stop your meeting and see what's going on, and me, I'm like, oh, well, okay, honey, thank you, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch after our meeting. Lois knew I didn't get it, so she literally took the little TV that she had at home, and she put it in the car, and she drove to the church, and she plugged it in, and she said, look at what's happening. It was horrifying what was happening. Sometimes, even when we don't want to see what's happening, it's really important that we don't look away. And today, Revelation 16 is just the most, one of the most horrifying, if not the most horrifying, horrifying chapters in the whole Bible. And we want to look away, but we can't. When the 9-11 attack happened, and I saw it on television, did you feel like I did? I thought, that's not real. That's not real. That can't really have happened. It was almost like when the towers fell down in that big plume of smoke and fire, I thought, it's like a cheap movie, like a B-grade movie. It, it, and it took me a while to think, that didn't really happen, but it did happen. And the scale of that was tiny compared to the horrifying thing that we're going to see in Revelation 16. When we read Revelation 16, we see something interesting. We see who God is in a really powerful way. And we see who we are in a really powerful way. And it's really important that we don't look away. As a matter of fact, one of the things that's displayed about God in Revelation 16 is a part of God's character that's super important for us to understand. 
It's actually an expression of his great love is his hatred against sin. Like this passage is difficult for you to read, but in this passage, for instance, a New Testament passage in 1 Thessalonians 1, and you can't read it, I'll read it to you, verses 7 through 9. This is a New Testament expression of the wrath of God. God shows his love sometimes by his determined hatred for sin. This is an example in the New Testament. Jesus Christ the Lord being revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire will deal out retribution to those who don't know God and those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from his power. A New Testament warning about God's wrath. The second Peter is another example, and there are many examples. I'm just using a few. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Hebrews says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the passage that we're describing today, that the passage describes the, the end of the great tribulation just before the return of Christ. Chapter 16, the return of Christ is in chapter 19. Chapter 17 and 18 cycle back, and they show the political and religious climate during the tribulation. They're going to cycle back, and they're going to cover the political and religious climate. But in terms of the chronology, it goes from 16 to 19. What happens in 16 is followed immediately by the return of Christ in chapter 19. And it's described in Old Testament prophecies in many places. Revelation 16, what we're going to read in a minute, is described this way in Zechariah 14, 12. Their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. Their tongue will rot in their mouth. It will come about in that day that a great panic from the Lord will fall on 